0: Hello, this is the Hardcore Legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Roughhouse Podcast. Yeah.
1: Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet
0: purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Koda Ibushi Thirst.
1: This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast episode. This is actually 323. Uh, for April 30th, 2023. Hi, I'm Marty. Hello, I am Christoph, and thank you for joining us on another edition of the Rough House Podcast. Yeah. Uh thank you as always for your patronage uh we do have patreon exclusive episodes patreon.com slash the roughhouse podcast that's great. uh we have a very fun divided this week that i'm very excited about which i probably should have pulled audio for but uh it's it's all about songs (laughs) from the simpsons so uh, yes if you are a simpsons fan like chris and myself you'll definitely want to check that out if you're not already a patron but we have a lot to talk about this week in wrestling, and I think this week starts with probably the weirdest story I've heard in a bit. So uh, I got okay. a, little, a little intro for it because, of course, I do.
1: Where in Uh-oh. the world oh. He is...
0: See you, pup. Oh, the ben production the- value off the charts. Thank you. CM Punk bouncing around locker room to locker room this week in wrestling. Um, At hand, asking for a job. <laughs> that is, that is the question. This is, this is kind of a, a, a weird thing right now, which is, I feel like, and I don't have proof of this, but it feels mm-hmm. like the, the scoops, AEW-wise, have been shut down. Because if you think about it, like, we know that there is this Saturday show coming, right? That's probably a WBD source, somebody mm-hmm. from there saying what's going on. We know high level that there was apparently this meeting between Punk and Jericho that happened, I think it was Thursday before last. Don't know what happened. Don't know mm-hmm. what was said. Don't know what transpired. We don't know what Omega and the Bucks feel. Mm We've heard nothing from that camp. We've heard nothing from the Moxley camp, who uh, in recent memory has been probably one of the more vocal people in this, Uh, which is unusual for him because typically he doesn't get into any sort of drama. We got nothing. I mean, there was even a surprise debut this week on AEW Dynamite that no one even knew the dude was out of his contract, let alone... Siring right. with AEW. Normally, the stuff we do weeks in advance, yeah. like the the biggest one-two debut in AEW history was All Out 2021, Cole and Brian. Yeah, Cole and Brian. We knew they were coming. We didn't know they would be at that show, let alone introduced back to back. But we knew they were coming. We ass- we assumed they were coming. We fair. didn't know fair. But we've we had nothing on yeah Roddy Strong popping up. Yeah, so sure. And here we are, apparently two weeks away from the announcement of this CM Punk heavy AEW show. Mm -hmm. And dude's popping up backstage at Raw. Yeah, yeah. Backstage at Raw. I mean, that's just mind boggling on many different levels. Okay. I mean, A, obviously the... uh, the the cult personality size elephant in the room is he's still on a contract with AEW. Yes, that contract has not ended. He's he's now out on injury, but his contract still sure exists. Now, you know, obviously that hasn't stopped um Andrade or Buddy Matthews or anybody from appearing uh mm-hmm. second-handedly yeah. you know, on WWE programming due yeah. to spouses' <laughs> uh, employment at at sure. said company. Um so, so you know, I guess as long as he wasn't talking about potential employment, then it would not be in um, uh, a a breach, a of breach, deal? yeah, uh, breach like of contract, tampering or tampering. Or tampering. Like that, that was the word I was yeah for yeah. Uh, and- However, there was word that he met with uh, old Papa H. Well- well, there was word. I don't know if it was. Yeah, word the, or not. the 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 full story is is pretty funny, uh, especially if you pictured the conversation that came out of it. But so as as the week went on, more details came out and that sort of thing. On Monday, it was just CM Punk's backstage at RAW. Mm-hmm. CM Punk has been asked to leave backstage on RAW. Right. What is happening? So. On Monday, or yeah, Monday morning, he was on the same flight out of Florida as the Raw crew. Okay. Because he had done commentary on a low-level MMA card, as he has been doing, you know, since he left WWE, Jesus Christ, nine years ago. Yeah. um, So he was on the same flight as a lot of these guys and gals. And they were First going class, to Chicago. First most likely. What's that? Yeah. First class, most likely. Probably. Who knows? Uh, I don't I don't know if small-time MMA promotions can pay for a first-class ticket, but then again, maybe he's got miles. I, I don't know how it works. I'm sure he's got some miles. Um. So, they were going to be in Chicago. Punk lives in Chicago. What? Yeah. Shock of shots. How dare you break this news? <laughs> so... There were, like, some fan videos of him in the parking lot having conversations with people like Tamina. I have no idea what they break Brent over. Also, Tamina was backstage at Rome. What is she doing? (laughs) This is the most Tamina's been mentioned in years. She's collecting a paycheck (laughs) is what she's doing. Right, right. And and staying very quiet about her dad. Uh, Yeah. So they talked. Uh, I I forget who else he was seeing in the parking lot talking with mm-hmm. but apparently he was talking with the miz and they squashed some beef that they've had since he was on wwe backstage i was gonna say it didn't seem like i wouldn't think that those two would be chummy chummy no uh, not at all at all yeah because you got mr company man and mr you know destroy the machine and then complain about it uh, yeah yeah join so, the machine and break that down so that's weird but, uh, Punk it up backstage, backstage, not just in the parking lot. And according to the stories going around, uh, you know, I think PW Insider was the first to report it. Wrestling Observer Newsletter repeated it again. Confirmed, yeah. Um, he wanted to meet with Paul Levesque and he just said, Hey, I, you know, you got a few minutes. I just want to talk about a few different things. And Paul goes, uh, yeah, look, let me talk to the big guy and see if that's cool. So, so, so I he, mean, there's a little telling of uh, the hierarchy of power yeah. in a, a Monday Night Raw show. Now, granted, that might have also been him going, I don't want to fucking do this. Because <laughs> I know, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my vocation, when I get asked something I don't want to do, I'll definitely go, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to my boss about that. Yeah, run out the ladder. I get it. Five times a week in trivia. Right. About a question. Yeah, I'll run it up the flagpole. Yeah. Never do. And never gets... I never ask. Apparently, remotely, Vince McMahon was rewriting Raw up until when the show went on the air for this week's Drafted Ah, the good old days are back. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, shortly after, Paul said, hey, I'll talk to the big guy. The head of security for WWE pops up and pulls Punk out. He didn't make a scene. He yeah, wasn't yeah, pulled out kicking and dragging. He was just like, you got to go. And uh, that that was that. Okay. The perception, according to the Fightful report, is people in WWE thought he was trying to get a job. uh mm-hmm. Which, okay, goes against everything you've ever said, but you do you, Phil. You do money, you. Money, money. Yeah. Uh... AEW people were very confused about it, but that's all, that's all we know. There, there hasn't been like, you know, Tony Khan flipped out backstage at Dynamite this week and, you know, started throwing, I don't know, Adam Cole bobbleheads at a wall and screaming. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a story like that that came out, but then what's double weird is Impact is in Chicago this weekend. Right. And CM Punk showed up backstage at Impact. Which is super weird. I don't even know who he knows there anymore. Like he, there was a photo of him and Jordan Grace that went out. There was a, a photo of him and Ricky Morton. But like, who's he breaking bread with? Eddie Edwards. I don't mean, know. were they even in Ring Honor at the same time? Like he's the only. Uh, I don't dreamer. A so. uh, Dreamer wasn't on the tapings because uh, his his mother uh, passed away. So okay, you know, condolences to Mister Dreamer. But Holy um, Ray. I have no idea. I, I, I could They're not... They're the same person, so I can't imagine them getting along. The only thought I had is maybe seeing Naomi Trinity Fatu because she was making her debut right at this tape. weekend during the tapings, which, by the way, props to the Impact social media team who just said, we have a huge surprise in Chicago this weekend. And you know, that text was over a Chicago flag, like right. wing wing. Yeah, so yeah. It was, it was uh Naomi Trinity Fatu, who's now going by Trinity. Okay. Um so maybe he was there to see her because I know Wachowski's sister's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> I know that Punk was at uh was it Battle of San Jose or whatever it was called, the 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 New Japan show. Than Mercedes mm-hmm. Monet made her US debut on. He was mm-hmm. there for that. So maybe he he's tight with them. I, I don't know. Just trying to get some uh some backstage news on, on Mando season four, I think, for out of uh <laughs> out of Mercedes. I think that's I think that's it. He's super into Grogo. Uh, you know. So there have been two narratives that the IWC has thrown together about this, because of course the IWC loves to speculate. What else do they have to do? Now I wanted to see which one, which camp you sit in. Camp okay. number one is Camp Krusty. <laughs> camp Anawana. Camp number one is Camp Crystal. League. He was at WWE to try to get a job or wow. try to like ruffle some feathers in AEW, kind of like a wink, wink. If you don't make this happen, you're gonna lose me, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, him getting kicked out does not help the yeah. uh, argument. And then some people who believe that theory, are like, oh, well, he went to impact to be just be like, oh, I'm 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 just hanging out backstage. Like Ricky Starks went to the Rumble, Dolph Ziggler was hanging out at dynamite, like who cares, you know? The other theory, and this is the one that I think is giving a whole lot of credit, but I would find incredibly fascinating. Okay. Is he's on an apology tour. An apology tour? Okay so his whole intent while trying to make things good in aew which i will just say having to split your roster is an indication that that apology tour at least where you work currently is not working no not so much but the thought is hey maybe during the past few months he's been going through some stuff going through because like eddie kingston and sammy guevara had to complete uh, uh, what was it it's not emotional training it's some sort of counseling to be a yeah, relationship uh, sort of thing yeah but they, they had to complete it to be allowed backstage again right so has he had to do this is he going through like some 12 step process and he's trying to apologize to everyone whom he's ever wronged up to and including the WWE roster like I don't know Huh. I mean, it definitely seems to make a little more sense, uh, than England for a job. Yeah. Because especially now, with Vince, well, maybe that, then maybe that'll make it easier for him to to get back to W.E. Now that I, now that Vince I think he cried when he left. So. Well, because Vince loves money. True. True. <laughs> um. I'd, uh, yeah, I guess I'd probably fall a little more in the apology tour sort of thing there. Um, You know, wanting to speak with Triple H 101, you know, allegedly sort of leads me to believe that that was, you know, hey, I know I said some terrible things and we had this lawsuit and everything, you know, let's be men about this, put it under, you know, water under the bridge sort of thing, move on with our lives, whatever that may entail and leave it at that. I mean, maybe that's giving Punk way too much credit, um, which it probably is. But, you know, I feel like that's that's more likely what the situation was. Not, you know, hey, uh see you guys just uh, sold to a new company that uh, I used to work for. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I know some people there and I uh, could help you uh, guide you through this uh, onboarding process and uh, tell you who uh, who to who to who to lead and who to it's keep our manager. Yeah. CM Punk. There you go. Showing up with binders. Welcome to the Endeavor family. Yeah, Leslie Nope style. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that happening. Now uh, uh, yeah. the the fallout of this, beyond just, you know, constant speculation subsequent is uh more details on an old story popped up, which I just thought was funny. Like this got brought up randomly on Wrestling okay. Radio this week. I think Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are just like in scorched earth mentality right now when it comes to people like punk and FTR and and so on, where they're just like, fuck it. We're tired of being a part of this mess. We're tired of being a part of this drama. So we're just going to like say the truth about things and just let it lie. Okay. Do you remember during the CM Punk Colt cabana lawsuit cabana quote unquote visited people in WWE? And that's what broke the friendship. Uh, sounds vaguely familiar. The story was always told that he went and saw people backstage at WWE. Okay. And that's what made Punk get pissed off. Because, like, we're in a lawsuit with these guys, and you're going backstage, and you're talking to everybody, blah, 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 blah. According to Meltzer this week, Uh-oh. the actual version of the story was, yes, Colt Cabana went and met with... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Pack, who was there at the time, mm-hmm. and they went out for pizza when they were in town. Just meeting up with old friends. Just meeting up with old friends. He was not at the arena. He was not, you know, giving a fist bump to Papa H. No, he met his friends for pizza in Chicago. So a deep yeah. fish. One would assume. Uh one would assume not pepperoni. Uh, True. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if they, uh, you know, if they could get some poutine there to make the couple of boys feel like home, or possibly some dirty river waters for pack to drink. But all I can think is just how incredibly petty that is. Well, we're talking about Phil Brooks here. Yeah. There's there's no there's no depth to you know or there, there's no depth it won't go down to it just no. just absolutely ridiculous but i will say this take a z-pack you'll feel better <laughs> i will say this. if dude really is trying to make amends and is trying to smooth over rough edges from over the years more power to him you know that is that is a respectful thing but the optics of going backstage to your competitor's show yeah while all eyes are on you in relation to what you're going to do with your current job, kind of messy, man. You're not going to hear about Roman popping up at AEW. No, no, I wouldn't see that happening. Um, Although, man, that would literally shake the foundation of the pro wrestling world. Yeah. But you would never hear about that. You'd never see anything about that. But this story got out. This, I mean, like... But, you know dude was was being filmed in the parking lot which kind of creepy wrestling yeah. fans don't, honestly let's not do that I wouldn't put it past Phil to have somebody pay somebody to follow him around to take this footage and put it out into Twitter and to give it some uh, no. some heat Who knows? you know orchestrated his own uh, uh, apology PR tour sort of thing maybe but all in all he's trying to get fired from AEW that's what it is he could be it could be all i know is it just made for a very very weird story this week and on a night where the world wrestling federation for over 15 years the revolutionary force in sports or- entertainment decided what we need is another title belt oh boy yeah yeah that was uh, that was it i, I guess a uh, 21st uh, century version of the the big gold belt it's a very large gold Uh, monstrosity it was announced monday afternoon that triple h would have a huge announcement wink probably because it was said that we were going to hear from tony khan on dynamite on wednesday sure yeah uh but he talked about how roman range is nearing 1000 days as champion but also, Roman negotiated in his contract that he didn't have to defend the title as frequently. Uh-huh. Awesome. So, WWE management and kayfabe are dumb. Yeah. I mean, I, dumb, yes, but if you want to make keep your top star happy, you give him what you want, what he wants, right? The, he was oh, absolutely playing it up like, oh, you know, he he negotiated this deal and he's not a true fighting champion and... You deserve a fighting champion. He might be the head oh. of the table, but he's not a fighting champion. Fuck off. Anyway. It was said that Roman was going to be in the draft, and he was, as we'll <clears> talk <throat> about. Uh and when he gets drafted, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship would, would it would remain on that brand. Okay. And then the other brand would get a brand new title, the World Heavyweight Championship. And that will be crowned at Night of Champions on May 27th in Saudi Arabia. So are they reigniting the lineage of the big gold belt? Because that was formerly called the World Heavyweight Championship. Am I mistaken? Uh, I I couldn't tell you because the Undisputed Championship is the Universal Championship, which started, what what was that, 2019? Oh, 2017? Christ, I can not remember. Whatever it was, uh, by uh, God, it might have been twenty seventeen. Uh, who who knows? Who cares? Uh, it was it was started with um uh Finn Balor, uh, on Raw, uh, right. The other belt is technically the World Championship, the old WWF Championship. Yes, right. Uh, which I believe included the lineage of the Big Gold Belt. So I guess this is this is did it? Thing. Yeah, because uh the uh when they merged titles at some point, I forget when, but when they merged titles at some point, that became the world championship. Because nice. he had, I think it was uh if, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was like Randy Orton and uh John Cena in a ladder match, and they had both belts up top, and they had that segment where like funnily enough, they brought out all the other people who had been champion recently. And uh, it included Daniel Bryan and included CM Punk. And during uh, Triple H's promo, you could see oh. Visibly Cringing and, and all this other shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Anyway. Oh, that's in the past. Uh, they So I guess this is a new belt with new lineage. But it's going right. to be crowned on May 27th. And completely on paper, is the number two belt. Like, sure. you, can, you can say the shows are booked to have their own champion. Sure. One of them is, A, called undisputed, but now clearly slightly disputed. <laughs> B, that's the universal championship. Right. This is the world championship. <laughs> Universe contain world. What? World big! Universe bigger! So could we call this the Galaxy uh, Championship? Well, they don't have the the rights, as far as I know, to WWE Galaxy, so I guess they can't call it that. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. But it's going to be decided in a tournament. Uh, You'll be pleased to know that over the course of the night, Multiple people cut promos, including Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes did not in any way, shape, or form say he wanted the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> and now I'm starting to wonder, because, to talk about the draft on Friday, the number one draft pick was, unsurprisingly, Roman Reigns to SmackDown. Okay, smart, yes. This means the World Heavyweight Championship will be on Raw. The number 1 pick for Monday Night Raw Cody Rhodes was Cody Rhodes. Of course. Yeah. What if? Just putting this out into the ether. What if Cody doesn't win that tournament in May? What if Cody is not the first world heavyweight champion? I will laugh. That's what that's what <laughs> I think it's very likely it's not going to happen because his whole story since he got in it's going so after WWE that. Has been, he's coming for the belt, the belt that Roman has since he lost. Yes, he's got this thing with Brock but he wants Roman. And he wants to be the guy who beat who beats Roman. Congratulations. You're on different rosters now until they change their mind about that. Yeah, give it a couple months. Yeah. I mean, hell, it might even be during the Night of Champions pay-per-view that suddenly Raw and SmackDown are back together for the first of many nights to determine brand supremacy. Remember that awful era where we had, like, pay-per-views or PLEs every other week with the brand split? There was a time where it worked. It was it was very short. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say, like, the first pay-per-view or three of the, like... Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon run SmackDown era uh-huh. were pretty good, but it definitely underlined that they didn't have the depth yeah. to keep both shows working. Creatively. Yeah. And the reason why these shows have been as well-rated as they are is Roman's on both shows, Usos are on both shows, Kevin Owens is on both shows, Sami Zayn is on both shows, Cody Rhodes Cody's is on them both, both yeah, Rock can show up on both shows. And people watch for them. You're splitting them up. Yeah. If I'm USA, if I'm Fox, I guess in theory I'm excited that we have exclusive cheesings and yeah. exclusive stars. But what happens when that number starts ticking down? Yeah. That's when they say, hey, all right, yeah, we'll... Uh... We'll ease our rules on this split here, and right. uh, Cody will pop up on um SmackDown conveniently right before SummerSlam and uh, work their way into another match that he'll lose. <laughs> yeah. So, because you got to hit that record, gotta beat Hogan, gotta gotta do I mean, it. What do? I'm not arguing that you know any Hogan record should be less thought of or, or beaten, that I'm okay with, but you know. At the expense of the storytelling, it's a little bit of an issue. Yes. Completely agreed. Uh, But uh, for those wondering how the draft went, the first night of the draft was on Friday on SmackDown on Fox. It will continue Monday. Uh, The first uh, night of picks went as follows. Uh, Raw has Cody Rhodes, Becky Lynch. Okay. of them were already on Raw... They got Imperium as a group. Apparently, Smart. if you are a stable, you can be traded and picked up as a group. That's—I mean—we were complaining about that the last draft that they took like Big E on their own, on a, on his own and not right. the the whole group. Right. Um, but uh, that gives them the Intercontinental Champion in Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vici. They pick so that's a move from SmackDown for the IC title. Gotcha. Uh, I presume then that Austin Theory is going to end up bouncing over to uh, he hasn't been drafted yet no no he's not um matt riddle staying on raw drew mcintyre moving from smackdown the Miz staying on raw shinsuke nakamura moving from smackdown and the current nxt women's champion indy hartwell has been called up and will be on raw okay on the smackdown side their first two picks were Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Not Usos for some reason, but they took Roman and Solo. Okay. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, so I guess that belt's moving over. They're going to do a little swapsies. Um, we got the Street Profits and Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford again, okay. moving over to SmackDown from Raw, probably to keep Montez and Bianca happy. Mm-hmm. Edge moving over from Raw onto SmackDown. Bobby Lashley moving from Raw onto SmackDown. We had a surprise return as AJ Styles is back after his ankle injury. Okay. He's moving back over to SmackDown, but he was picked along with Meechin. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows as the OC continues to exist. Wow. Damage Control of Io Sky Bailey and Dakota Kai are moving over and then uh, Wait, they got picked after the fucking OC. Damage yes. Control did? Yes. That's insanity, okay. <laughs> and also the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn are going over to SmackDown. Then over the course of the weekend, they've announced some uh, supplementary picks. Raw is getting the Viking Raiders and Valhalla, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae, uh, which means we now have the entire The Way group on Raw currently. Okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, maximum male models of Massey, Mansois, Maxime Dupree, uh-huh. Natalia, Apollo Cruz, Sonya Deville, and Ch- Chelsea Green picked up as a tag team. Zoe Stark called up from NXT as was J.D. McDonough from NXT. Wow, okay. SmackDown, after all of that I just said for Raw, SmackDown got hit row of dollar Shanti Ugh. the Adonis, and B-Fab, and Lacey Evans. I know we don't have people on screen anymore running these shows, but whoever is running SmackDown is an idiot. Uh, uh. <laughs> they also announced that Omos, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Mustafa Ali and Von Wagner are quote-unquote free agents. No explanation as to what that means. Who's Von Wagner? Uh, Von Wagner was uh, uh, one of the NXT 2.0 crew. Okay. I, I believe he is uh, Mike Enos' kid, if I remember correctly. Sure. Well, um, yeah. So that that's where we're at. We're we're gonna see what happens on Monday with the rest of the crew. No real shocking changes in terms of the 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 show makeup. Um, so have the Usos not been? They've not been picked. Now I think about, it, they may not have been a part of the the group for night. Like they they announced in advance that certain people will be available on the first night and super people P- okay. on second night. So maybe that's why they haven't been picked yet. Uh but, huh. Uh, I, I I guess. But- they made supplemental picks over the weekend, which... Okay. I don't know, dude. Your guess is just mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more WWE bit before I go into our traditional uh, SmackDown recap. Uh, WWE got sued this week. Yes. Yeah. Quote-unquote, I want to say this correctly, offensively racist scripts. I mean, that's not really news. To no, me. it's... <laughs> no, it's it's more the details that we're getting. Yeah, I did uh, read some of this. So Brittany Abrahams is the former WWE writer, a rarity in the WWE writer's room as A, a woman, B, of color. Mm. So uh she was released in twenty twenty two. Would you like to guess, Chris, why exactly she was released? Oh, did they say that she has some kind of uh, uh, behavioral uh, issue or something? I mean, like that, that? that would sound like them, that someone backstage. Yeah. You know. She's difficult to work with. She's difficult to work with. Yeah, especially for, you know, six days out of the month for some reason that we can't figure out. That was not it. Well, okay. another guess? I don't. No. All right. So the reason why she was fired from WWE in 2022 is at mania she took one of the extra collectible chairs and she was fired for that yes i mean that's pretty stupid incredibly stupid but the real tea of this lawsuit has been the information that has come out in terms of like the discovery piece of this. yeah 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 some of the pitches that have come from WWE writers, up to it, including Apollo Cruz's quote-unquote stereotypical and exaggerated Nigerian accent, one which Apollo himself has gone to the press previously and said, oh yeah, it was my idea. I wanted to celebrate my heritage. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That came course. from the writers. Uh, Bianca Belair being told multiple times and objecting multiple times to include the line, uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. Oh. Oh, geez. Yes. Oh, geez. I didn't uh, hear that part. <laughs> that Shane Thorne would become uh, a... not Mikey Nichols? That's not Mikey Nichols. Uh, would become a quote-unquote crocodile hunter type. Oh, he God. is Australian. And yeah. he would hunt the notable of color gentleman, Reggie for fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other part that I love is, I'm I'm just going to lay out this quote-unquote. Okay. <clears throat> Miss Silvers and Plaintiff, the only black writers on the team at the time, were tasked to pitch a love story between wrestlers Aaliyah, Mansour, and Angel Garza. Okay. Miss Silvers and plaintiff pitched that Mansoor has a secret he's been keeping from Aliyah. Uh, one of the writers disagreed with the secret they wanted for the character, and instead he suggested for Mansoor, who is Muslim, quote, How about his secret is that he's behind the 9 11 attacks? Jesus fucking Christ. Ignoring the How p- is that person not fired? Right, ignoring the tone deaf and horrific choice of pitching that a Muslim professional wrestler should have in storyline revealed the fact that he did the largest terrorist attack in United States history. Good Would anyone up Wikipedia, dear listener. Look up Mansort. Do you know when he was born, Chris? Okay. <laughs> 1995 oh, okay the 5 year old mastermind sorry 6 year old mastermind you've seen the uh, boss baby 911 you know how uh, how how how, <laughs> <laughs> how on top of things youngsters can be these days uh you know <laughs> with an Alec Baldwin type voice behind them so you know sure it could work now what is particularly interesting about this lawsuit is what is requested, which is she would like her employment to be restored. Bitch, get the fuck out while you can. Now, I've I've subsequently read that the reason why that type of thing is asked is so that she can receive back pay and unemployment benefits okay, for all those, as yeah, opposed to yeah, okay, being, that's fair being fired. But on paper, quit. you read that you read that <laughs> lawsuit, and you're like, "Oh my god, this sounds as horrible as we always assumed it to be," and you want to stay. Yeah, yeah, that was like <laughs> knee jerk reaction. Good God, I remember a time where I like signed up for job openings at WWE. I was like, "Yeah, that oh, could yeah, be, that could be amazing." I man. definitely tossed a resume into a black hole a few times there. Yeah. I, I've done it also with AEW. Just for fun. Just to see yeah. what would happen, you just know? For kicks. Yeah. Um Blow your fuse. Yeah. That's that's uh this week in, in WWE. What a what an amazing organization to work for. What a total shit show, man. But you know what wasn't an entire shit show this week, Chris? Oh, on Zachary. Oh. Was it all elite? Maybe not, but yeah. it was, it was no, majority I elite. I say that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the show had a bunch of stuff going on, uh, including a, a surprise debut uh, and uh, a, a, cha- a presumed change to the main event at Double or Nothing that, yeah. well, we all kind of saw coming. But it kicked sure. off strong with Orange Cassidy's 20th defense of the AEW International title. Hard to believe it's been 20 already. I know. The guy's really uh, trying to uh, trying to win his wrestler of the year award here, I think. <laughs> and he's yeah. pretty, doing a pretty good job of it. Very good job. Quietly doing yeah. a very good job. It yeah. was uh, OC defending against Bandito in an absolutely fantastic opening match. Yeah. What a great time. Uh, Bandito is amazing. Uh, as amaz- I will say this. Bandito in that match was as amazing as... I hated the guy in the front row who kept making the show about himself. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was very, very uh, into business for himself, that guy. I I, I know we don't have a ton of listeners, Chris, but I'm just going to make a stand here. Okay. I'm going to do so while sitting. Yes, please. If you are listening to the Rough House podcast and you have decided, when I go to wrestling shows, I'm going to have a character. And I'm gonna get myself over, quote unquote. Just hit that unsubscribe button for me. (laughs) Just just you're you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. I can't disagree. Anyway. Bandito's Bandito's fantastic. He's great. A lot of fun. So good. I think, you know, I feel like he's the perfect midway point between a phoenix and an andrade Mm -hmm. he's like the best of both yeah you know he's got the he's got some flippy news but he's got a lot of power stuff too you don't everything looks crisp and timing is great and he can play the you know a a foil to oc you know going against oc's is is good to showcase your other sorts of abilities and you know not like just straight say work comedy match but it's you know kind of uh spar, you know, with with somebody who does stuff like OC does. And, it, you know, some people like Sting just knock it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, You know, everybody tries to make it their own. I think Bandito did a good job of that as well. Yeah. uh, A fantastic job. Uh, And and I'm so happy to see him on television again. I know he had some visa and passport issues that are... Should get a MasterCard. (laughs) It it would have been everywhere he wanted to be. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Up to and including this show this week. Dynamics. Uh, just, I, I will say this when OC went for the mousetrap finish yeah. and Bandito reversed it, I bet, I thought that was <laughs> it because they've done such a good job throughout this run of like, what's it going to take? What can you yeah. do? What's the next thing? You know, his hands all fucked up. He can't yeah. do the orange punch the way he used to uh, and got the way with the beach break. So adding after an orange punch, bit. because yeah. of the strength of the orange punch wasn't there. He needed to follow up with another move. Plus, you know, kudos to the commentary team for mentioning multiple times that uh, he uh, Bandido had been training with some guy Skida. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, about how to counter OC's moves, and yeah. lo and behold, it works into his way into the match. So uh, that was that was good shit too. Yeah, very, very, very good. And uh, OC gets the win after the match. They uh, pose together. As O.C. and Bandita both struggled to get a pair of sunglasses yeah. over his mask. <laughs> including During that moment, one of my favorite bits of commentary ever, Taz going, Why? Well, he's don't got any ears. <laughs> it's true. When you wear a mask, you've got no ears. And hey, then hey. the right there, which yeah. then allowed Excalibur and Tony Schiavone to dunk on Taz, which is always a great time. Yeah. We went backstage. I feel like Schiavone was super loose on Wednesday. <laughs> And, and he had a great moment yeah. later on in the show. Yeah. Uh, Renee backstage with Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. They try to squash the beef. Uh, beef squash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Darby said, hey, you know, if if I knew MJF was going to get involved, I would have been ringside, not in the rafters. But you know what? Uh, maybe you can have my back. And Jack Perry said, hey, you know what? If It would have been nice uh, if it were us against each other. And Darby said, you're damn right. I would have beaten you again. Which, yeah, it's like, hey, let me ask for your for your help and then bury you. I was like, okay, sure. So uh, they shake hands. They walk away. Then OC and Bandito come up, and OC goes, "So uh, what, what are you doing back here?" And Renee goes, I-, "I was catching up with Darby Allen and Jungle Boy." OC goes, "Oh," and then Bandito <laughs> goes, "Oh, oh, <laughs> love, That's great." Yeah, that's that's I mean I, that's a hundred percent your wheelhouse of the the backstage being a living, breathing yes. sort of uh, environment. And also, into my wheelhouse, and it was kind of a very Muppet Show moment for that type yes. of backstage interaction. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so then we had uh, Jeff Jarrett and Dax Harwood going one on one. Yeah. As are. shock of shocks, Jeff Jarrett took multiple bumps during this match. Right. Yeah. And work it so- shoes on. And some uh some what I thought were pretty stiff chops from Dax. <laughs> yeah. Which led to I, I think one of those right hands Jeff Jarrett threw was a little on the button as it was a mm-hmm. little potato receipt uh for those chops from Dax. I got a little little bit of chippy chippiness in that match there. Yeah. Uh what I think. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it once again. I'm I think I'm turning the title on Jeff Jarrett. Like I mean modern day old wrestler Jeff Jarrett it's kind of a fun time. <laughs> it, it's like he recognized who he is. I, I like. I haven't enjoyed a Jeff Jarrett thing since I don't know how much TNA you've watched. I think Jason would be the one who would talk more about TNA. Yeah. Did you ever see the segment where to prep for, I believe it was his match with Kurt Angle, he quote unquote started training in MMA? I do not recall. And it's him beating the shit out of a bunch of kids in a karate class. <laughs> okay that's pretty amazing <laughs> i can't argue with that yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm getting that vibe of this but what was really shocking was well he was weren't shocking yeah because Sanjay Duck got involved and uh you know uh hooked a leg and yeah a lot of fun stuff but uh darwood uh Hex, bleh, dax harwood not yeah Hex Darwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, runs after right Sanjay was getting involved. Uh, he gets caught into a stroke by Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett gets a win. I know I know that's pretty. That's pretty pretty silly. Again, Shivani dunking on uh, Sanjay the entire match was yeah. was fantastic. Um, yeah, he was getting fired up though. Yeah, he was it was warmed it was. up. So, I feel like he knew that that was coming later on in the night, so he's like, all right. My time to shine. And just like really, uh, really cranked it up to 11 on Wednesday. Yes. Um, Tony Khan. Oh, sorry. A very green screened Tony Khan then had (laughs) uh, his moment on the show or why we were hearing from him. Pre-taped. Yes. Thankfully. Uh, He was explaining uh, that the Owen Cup is coming back for 2023. Uh, We're going to have the opening ceremonies at Double or Nothing, which I don't know what that will actually be i mean i guess it would be the announcement of the bracket yeah i guess the announcement of the bra- maybe they'll have the people there yeah yeah they'll yeah. turn into a schmoz or something like that uh weigh in perhaps we've uh had good good uh good historical yeah. success rate with that so uh but uh the tournament itself is gonna be taking place across canada uh including at forbidden door 2 mm-hmm. and then the finals will take place in calgary on july 15th a show on saturday that is just on saturday for no discernible reason whatsoever. Uh, uh yeah. I mean, well, whatever, it's fine. Um I will say um Tony needs to work on his reads a little bit. Still a little uh little yeah. stiff and stilted. Doesn't sound very natural. Yeah. It sounds like he's reading, you know. Yeah, it, it? it's interesting cuz he's very, I mean, there's been a lot of memeable material out of it. Sure. He seems to be a confident enough public speaker during the press conferences. So right, off the cuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, well, it, it's, it's, you know, it's doing a read. It's, it's you know, it's it's, it's a skill. You got to work on it, yeah, and you know. I guess so. I, I also feel with the Owen stuff, he's, like, extra careful because he doesn't want it, you know, to besmirch any bit of legacy i know he's got right. a good relationship with dr martha hard and everything so yeah. you know i feel like he really really wants to make it perfect so he's probably there's probably an extra he's in his head about it a little more mm-hmm. um so but yeah as as somebody who used to read commercials <laughs> day in and day out you gotta you know I, I that's one thing i have uh the history to to talk shit about so hey no we're, doubt we're, call me tony i'll coach you Hey, there we go. Just just hire our boy. Yeah. Hire our boy. Uh Wardlow defeated a guy who was never named. <laughs> they never gave him a name? Never gave him a name. I mean. Uh but uh after the match, Arn Anderson uh came out and said, you know what, Wardlow, you're a future dynasty here in AEW, but uh you're gonna have to start to fight dirty, you know? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to poke some eyes out and all this other shit, which was just like, damn, Arn. But they're Mm -hmm. interrupted by Christian Cage and not quite Cain Luchasaurus. Uh They come out, stare down, and then turn right away. I (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, The best part was Taz saying, I know Christian for a long time. He's got no back down in him. And literally 15 seconds later, he turns and burns. I was like, all right, Taz. (laughs) Thanks for that. Renee Paquette was backstage with Sammy Guevara and MJF. They got real chummy real quick. I love the Sammy and MJF relationship. It is so dumb and so silly and so great. It is. It is. But uh, Sammy Guevara gave MJF his own Sammy Guevara style vest. And MJF gave Sammy Guevara his own MJF style scarf. And they hugged as best friends. And kissed each other on the forehead and cheeks lots of smoochers very, you know, very well. sweet between those very boys. sweet rj city was backstage <laughs> yeah he was got the call up and is immediately beaten down by the blackpool combat club it's like oh that's why he was up there yeah gotcha. oh you can take a yeah. nap marvez you don't want to you don't want to get yeah. <laughs> you know i'll tell you what schlegel would have oh yeah <laughs> justin White has been blading backstage to show he could do it <laughs> that's true that's true but uh, Moxley said tonight we have some scars to leave, so that would pay off later. Starting with R.J. City, yes, it was a tragically Canadian sense of humor. Uh, then we had Sammy Guevara against Darby Allen. I feel awesome like some match. Real quick, the uh, the only reason uh, that they did that spot with R.J. City is because they didn't have a pre-taped Hey EW for today, <laughs> so like we need an excuse to not run a new episode on Sunday. Hey uh-huh. R.J., pop up on Dynamite and get smacked by uh, by the BCC not the bbc that's a completely yeah. different video yeah website uh, thing yeah the british broadcasting company uh, yeah that's exactly what i meant yeah nothing else yeah nope uh simply and darby allen had their match to end the four pillars tournament final which was awesome mm-hmm. uh, i think the, unless i'm wrong i think the last time these guys had a singles match was at revolution 2020 and it was fantastic then yeah yep uh, but yeah yes. they have great chemistry this was awesome uh had a great time mjf on commentary was damned enjoyable as he was shilling his pickles chris would you like to guess how much (laughs) those pickles cost a jar of mjf pickles uh is this including chipping or Uh, just the market price here just the market price not including chipping I will say $25. Dead on $25 for one? the MJF yep. tubs hey, really? of pickles. Now I will just say I'm on the Kalen and Kalid website right now. Their standard pickles go from $9.75 to eleven seventy-five. My dude getting a hell of a bump up on those pickles which sold out within minutes. Of course. Of course. Yeah. There uh, a piece of MJF's pickle. But the finish of the match uh, was, I-, I will say, inspired. Uh, so, Ty Mello uh, distracts Paul Turner, the referee. MJF tosses Darby L on the skateboard. And like so, Sammy Guevara does the Eddie Guerrero, drops on the mat. And that got a legit DQ. It did, and and I know you know the paying homage to the Eddie bit and everything, but it makes Paul Turner look like a stupid chump because yeah. he has not disqualified people for more. Uh, and you know they always say you can't uh, you can't disqualify for what you don't see, and then they do exactly that. Yeah, and sometimes they have people conveniently see or not see right or get like right. a video. Re- the, there does need to be more consistency right but i i was like hey they actually the, the eddie guerrero spot actually worked for once, yeah as yeah. opposed to it being shtick um but as uh as uh they go to celebrate jungle boy runs down to the ring with a chair chases them off goes to help darby allen darby's yelling at him for not being in the match mjf Grabs a mic and is running down Jungle Boy and Darby Allen and talking about how it's him and Sammy at the main event of Double or Nothing. Uh-huh. With Tony Schiavone, who had been absolutely motherfuckering MJF the entire match. Yes. Gets on the mic and I believe he said, shut up, you prick, to yes. kick it off. Sounds about right. Or or perhaps stupid prick. Yeah. I anyway, think was shut up, you prick, yeah. Ah, what a joy, especially from this. Absolutely died in the wool, WCW Monday Nitro fan. Yeah, Tony Schiavone getting moments to shine just makes me happy. I'm with you. Uh, but he, Tony said he talked to Tony. Yeah, and Tony told Tony to tell MJF, Tony, 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 that next week on Dynamite here in Baltimore, yeah, yeah will be a tag team match with MJF and Simon Guevara against Jack Perry and Darby Allen. If MJF and Guevara win, it's still going to be a singles match. But if Jack Perry and Darby Allin win, it'll be a pillars four-way for the AEW title at double or nothing. I assume that the romance between MJF and Sammy will be short-lived, unfortunately. Yeah. And that will result in the finish. Renee Paquette then tried to get a word with MJF and Sammy Guevara, who were screaming about the injustice. MGF was going to hop into a, an awaiting car for him, and Sammy went to go ahead and join, and MGF said, hey, look, it's all full, as the camera pans in and shows it's completely empty. <laughs> you get the next one, bud. Well done. Adam Cole then came Maybe. out to address Chris Jericho, talking about what he did to Britt Baker was unforgivable. He said, you know, you're not going to come out, I'm going to go backstage, and, and I'm going to see you. When a clearly pre-taped video of Chris Jericho appears on the Tony Tron. Right. The contron, Yes. <laughs> he says, you know what? Uh, I don't want to be anywhere near a coward like Adam Cole, so uh, I'm going to send my guys out to get you as they're already making their way out. Sure. Yeah. Go get them, guys, as they're halfway down the ramp. Mm-hmm. Well-timed, everyone. Yeah. So uh, do Garcia, ever see him, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager start to be down Adam Cole when- Orange, Casty and Bandito go to make the save? Yeah, that was an odd choice. Have O.C. and Adam Cole interacted at all that I'm missing or mis- Not in a good way. Right. They had kind of a blood feud. Did they? Yeah. Uh, uh, resulted in, I think O.C. did a, like a- orange punched or a beach break off the stage through a table in one of their um, yeah no. like they've not gotten along in the past oh yeah it was like a best friends uh undisputed era type thing yeah. yeah 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 so don't know what that's about but uh numbers game clearly not evening out when this new video appears on the screen <laughs> and i think oh sabu Lights didn't go out. Clearly uh, not Sapu. Come on, Chris. Gotcha. Get with it. Sorry. Apologies. I think it's Kyle O'Reilly coming back. Sure. Because I mean, he's been all over All Access and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's a great moment. When fucking Kill Switch Engage kicks in. Hell yeah. The end of like, Arctic, baby. That's a little hardcore for Kyle. Yeah. And well, he was wearing a mascot shirt it's... on. Ong's logo appears on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> a dude who, as far as I knew, was, like, in the deepest, darkest basement of the Performance Center? Didn't we just bring him up an episode or two ago? Like, where the fuck's Roddy Strong? Yeah. Well, turns out, <laughs> no longer employed by WWE. Yeah, uh, and apparently, they he, he they had had him under a deal for a little while now, but they were waiting until they were in Florida to debut him, so they didn't have, like... a the flyer for travel yeah yeah, yeah, seeing them that sort of thing but uh he runs out cleans house i think it got a little excited because they were some of the worst backbreakers i've ever seen him do little slap dig there uh but the crowd went from genuine confusion to legitimate excitement as uh cole and strong embrace shortly thereafter we got the adam pardon Adam adam cole's been all elite we got the roddy strong is all elite graphic and uh my personal favorite was whoever made the shitty little boots are all elite <laughs> graphic. So, uh, well, let us now just look back and remember. Bobby Fish, a year ago, yeah. said to Adam Cole and Kyler Riley, Look, Roddy's over there, and they'll pick us all up, man. Let's jump back. Now, Roddy's all elite. Kyle's all elite, Adam Cole's all elite. Bobby Fish is just eating shit in Impact. That that's that's what he's got going for. And doing a podcast, I guess, which is the lowest form of entertainment. Yeah, who would fucking stoop to that level? Horrible losers. Uh, and congratulations to uh my guy Adam in uh Kill Switch Engage getting paid for that licensing fee right there. Let's go. Yeah, get that money. We then went to a brand new edition of QTV, where I was screaming in my living room, No, how dare you? I watched you die. (laughs) It can't be. No. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs lost his shit on everyone, and uh, QT says they have to go to Plan B. And my understanding is, whenever happens with qt it's only gonna be on certain shows coming up in dynamite because you can't have plan b in every state moving on cbs championship was on the line (laughs) this son of a bitch championship was on the line jane cargill and taya valkyrie taya Uh valkyrie unable to use the jaded or as she called the valhalla Uh uh-huh chris would you like to guess what the finish was um a Valhalla? The jaded? Close. Jade goes for the jaded, unable okay. to hit it. Taya goes for the Valhalla. Uh-huh. Aubrey's yelling at her, don't do it. I will have to disqualify you. And mm-hmm. stands there like a goon for a good 30 seconds while Jade figures out how to turn this into a roll up. Oh boy. It was bad. Yikes. Post-match, Taya Valkyrie loses her shit. It gets in the face of uh, Aubrey Edwards. Tries to give her the Valhalla. Okay. Uh, but the uh, rest of the the uh, striped crew runs out and splits everybody up. Taya, we hardly knew ye. Enjoy a dark elevation, if it still exists. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter were backstage. <laughs> Jamie Hayter, arm in a sling. Britt Baker with a very strong shiner which has been featured on an extremely controversial new Shop AEW t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, out of context, that is just not a good look. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different when you had, like, the whole Britt Baker logo and bleeding face. And yeah, it, and yeah, like, yeah. That was still, I wouldn't wear it. No, But, you know, just a, a fucking candid Instagram photo of a lady with a black eye is not a good look for anyone. No, no. But I'm sure it'll sell well. Anyway, they said uh, that uh, they declare war, and the only way this is over is uh, if you send uh, Brit and Jamie to the morgue. So, so murder, okay, murder. murder. Cool. Then our main event was Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita against the Butcher and the Blade. Um, really fucking fun match. Butcher and Blade look great here. Like, I think they knew they needed to step up. Yeah, who they were in the ring with. Sure. Takeshita and Omega uh, made a great duo. I will say that Takeshita was wearing blue and gold tights. Wink, wink, wink. Oh. wink, 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 <laughs> wink. Um, really fun match. Unsurprisingly, uh, Takeshita gets the uh, pin on Butcher for the victory. Mm-hmm. Post match, Brian Danielson pops up on the screen saying that a, a clear professional got the pin, not that. Tired amateur, amateur
1: <clears throat>
0: said that. Uh, you know, if Takashida trained with the BCC, he'd be a star. But you decided to choose the elite, who have guys like Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> Damn, that's brutal. So while he's talking, true, but brutal. Yuda, Claudio, and Mox mm-hmm. come from the crowd, attack Omega and Takashida from behind. Okay. Young Bucks run out from the back, super kicks for everybody. And Danielson gets up in Takeshita's face and says, You need to get in the ring and you need to save John Moxley. Oh. So Takeshta looking conflicted. He stops Omega from using the screwdriver on Moxley. BCC breaks up everything, stands tall with Takeshta. Takeshita's like, no, 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 don't raise my arm. I'm not part of it. Blah 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 blah. Yuta hits a low blow on Takeshita, so then Moxley decides to hit screwdriver on the face of Takeshita to end the show. as That is beautiful himbo face. Yes. He is left bleeding in a post-match promo that was only on social media. Kenny Omega said that they need to end this, and more importantly, they need to end this in a cage. So blood and guts. Not quite. As we found out on AEW Rampage, which was ultimately shown at 6.30 on Friday. Oh, wow, I thought it was 5.30. They changed it again? Yep, they got bounced around thanks to the NHL playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, yes. Uh, so what ended up being announced during that show is on May 10th, not this week in Baltimore, because, of course, why would it be in Baltimore this week? on May 10th in Detroit it will be Kenny Omega and John Moxley one on one in a game match now could this result in a need to do a team up cage yes. match yeah undoubtedly but yeah. <laughs> on paper omega mox cage sounds awesome just no explosives please please yeah but uh we had uh, bullet club gold Defeating Ricky Starks and Sean Spears. Um, Spears eats a Blade Runner on the finish there. Mm Mm-hmm. Match was fine. Not not amazing. Unsurprising. Poor Ricky Starks. Yeah. Slummin'. Lexi Nair was interviewing the Hardy Boys and Hook. And Isaiah Cassidy was uh, missing. And uh, the... The firm had kidnapped Isaiah Cassidy. Oh, just some light kidnapping. Yeah. And, uh, Ethan Page said that, uh, Big Bill was going to chokeslam Cassidy off some scaffolding unless Matt Hardy agreed to make the firm deletion match next Friday at Rampage. So, okay, Friday at Rampage, we will have the firm deletion match, which means, again, here in Baltimore, either... And arena is about to watch a video screen for twenty some odd minutes. Yeah. Or they're just not going to show it to the live crowd. I would imagine they'd not show it because I don't remember having crowd reaction prior. I don't know. I mean, the last cinematic match AEW did was the Team Taz versus Darby and Sting and Wardlow, right? Uh, yes. And that was at a pay-per-view, so they had to show it in front of the live crowd. Right, right. But, hmm. I mean, whatever. Just bury it on Rampage and get it over with. Naturally Limitless, the duo of Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee beat up some jobbers. Beat him in two minutes. After the match, the mogul embassy came out to look mean on the screen. Okay. Lexi Nair was interviewing Sammy Guevara backstage. Ty Mello interrupts and says that Sammy isn't his friend and he shouldn't blow his opportunity at the world title. By laying down for MJF. So here comes the seeds of deceit. Mm hmm. Anna Jay defeated, and because I was not paying close enough attention to the commentary, I will say I don't know how this is pronounced. Ashley de Ambois, maybe? Sure. Anyway, it was under five minutes. Glorified squash. Ana Jay wins. After the match, Julia Hart attacks Anna Jay from behind. And they brawl around ringside. Okay. The Outcasts did their normal promo, but they were wearing the aforementioned Britt Baker black eye t-shirt. Okay. And Soraya is going to be facing Willow Nightingale and Dynamite this week. So they 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 shoot, bought their opponent's merchandise. Uh, hard to say. Because this it was before it was on ShopAEW.com. So...
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. They claimed to Billy Gunn beat three jobbers in under a minute. Yep. The wrap was longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the main event was Jay Lethal defeating Cash Wheeler. Wow. In a solid match. Bad uh, week for FTR. Yeah. Uh, Mark Briscoe was the special guest ringside enforcer for this match, but of okay. course the shenanigans broke it all up. Sure. Uh, lethal Injection gets the fall, so clearly we are heading to uh, a match between... These assholes. These assholes and FTR. Uh, currently set for Dynamite and Rampage this coming week, which again is from the newly renovated chicken box here in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. We have uh, MJF and Simri Guevara against Darby Allen and Jack Perry. With, That's pretty big. Shut up, Siri. MJF and Simri Guevara against Darby Allen and Jack Perry with a double or nothing title match on the line. An eight-man tag with Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy, and Bandito against Jake Hager, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Not okay. bad. Yeah. Soraya against Willow Nightingale. Fine. Okay. Ricky Starks against Juice Robinson. This will actually happen this time, I assume. Yeah. We've got The Elite. We'll hear from them. And then a Trace DeMayo's. Trios Battle Royale. Oh come on, guys! <laughs> the trios involved are Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian, the varsity athletes of Ari Davari, Josh Woods, and Tony Niece. The Dark Order of John Silver, Evil Uno, and Alex Reynolds. the claim to Billy Gunn, QTV of QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Paros Hobbs. But fuck all that shit. The Lucha Bros and Vikingo are teaming up oh, in this trios match. Damn, man, that's actually a pretty good uh, dynamite for Baltimore, and, and of course, I'm not going to be there, so that sucks. Yeah. For me, sorry, bud. But I, 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 I'm making a uh, a game time decision about going. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, nah. I'm gonna see how cheap tickets get on uh, StubHub. <laughs> a lot bigger uh, room than the uh, UMBC Fieldhouse or whatever the fuck it's called. Very, very true, but. Uh, the only thing announced for Rampage so far is the Elite, is not the Elite, the uh, the Firm deletion. I don't know if that means it could be the whole episode or what, but uh, that's where we're at right now. And where is Hangman in all this? He's been notably absent the past couple weeks. Well, he got his face fucked up by BCC. So on paper, that's... He's just selling it. that. Yeah. I also know he, like the Bucks and Omega, is currently negotiating his new deal. So I don't know if that's part of it too. Huh. Okay. But uh, I- I'm with you. Um, in fact, if anything, I would very much like. I mean, it would be cool if it was this week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like, while everything gets crazy and breaks bad, undoubtedly in the cage match on the tenth, maybe Hangman evens out the numbers or something. Yeah. Because yeah. I I like the idea of Takeshita. Possibly going to the other side. Okay. Just because it's it's an interesting combination to me. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Anyway, slice it, folks. Hell of a week in wrestling. And just remember, at no time ever should you pitch, why don't we just make him the mastermind of 9-11? I mean, unless you want to get on Vince's good side. Yeah, that's true. You know what? That's why we <laughs> never got hired by WWE. <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at roughhousesgw, at facebook.com slash the Podcast and at patreon.com slash the Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, roughhouse redos, and roughhouse divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe motherfuckers this is the The rough house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay hey this is the rock shut your mouth jabronis and listen up because this is the rough house podcast with marty and my least favorite man on the planet christoph
1: where does your mind go when you go to bed well if you're like a lot of people it doesn't go to sleep it replays Raw, it looks at what might happen at the next pay-per-view, and sometimes it gets tangled up in lists of wrestling power rankings, botched moves, and replays of the Roughhouse podcast. If this describes your nights, ask your doctor about Curtis Axel it can give you and your restless mind the sleep you need. Curtis Axel makes Lunesta look like crystal meth Curtis Axel works quickly, so watch him right before bed. Make sure you can dedicate 8 or more hours of sleep before watching Curtis Axel. Side effects include an odd yellow hue to your skin an extreme lack of microphone skills weak ass chest chops, shitty remixed entrance music, an irrelevant intercontinental championship run, and unending comparisons to your legendary father and grandfather. Until you know how your body will react to Curtis Axel, you should not drive her Operate machinery and don't leave pets in your car on a hot day. This has nothing to do with Curtis Axel, that's just a dick move. Curtis Axel is the opposite of espresso. Consult your doctor or Paul Heyman now to learn about Curtis Axel. For the perfect night's sleep, leave it to Curtis Axel.